This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly. Something strange has been happening in cities all over the world. So I went to a space uh, in Shoreditch and once you walk in, you see three WorldCoin staff members. You show them your app. They say, hey, do you consent to this? You say, sure. That's Hibak Farah. She's The Guardian's UK technology reporter. And she, alongside two million other people, has gone along to stare into a shiny silver orb. It's handheld and there's a little camera on the front of it. It's not a close encounter with an alien species, but a very unusual form of verification. They scan your iris and then you get your world ID and your world coin points. And it's, it's very fast. I mean, it was, you know, I'd say the entire process took less than five minutes. The company behind the orb say that this is the new frontier in protecting our data from the rise of AI. What better way to prove that somebody's a unique human than using the most unique part of their identity? But some people are worried that this scheme amounts to nothing more than mass data collection without the proper legal protections. So what's the story behind WorldCoin's eyeball-scanning orbs? And will giving away our biometric data come with unforeseen costs? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Hibak Farah, you're a Guardian technology reporter, and you've been looking into this 
strange story of Worldcoin and their iris-scanning orbs. So how did this all originate? Where has it come from? So Worldcoin was founded three years ago by Sam Altman and Alex Bania. And Sam Altman is the person who we all know for leading the discussions around AI at the moment. He's also the person who founded ChatGPT. And the idea behind Worldcoin was basically to create a decentralized identity and financial network to make the digital and global economy a lot more accessible in a way that they feel hasn't been able to have been done before. Now, to create that network, Worldcoin says that you need a world ID and you get a world ID by being verified through the orb where you're basically proving that you're a real human. And once you're verified, you're able to trade and use Worldcoin, which is the currency that they're operating with. So collecting biometric data through these iris scans is trying to solve this conundrum called proof of personhood. Talk me through that problem and and why they want to solve it. Yeah, so that's the main problem that Worldcoin is supposed to be tackling that they think is going to be a huge one in the future where people won't be able to identify between humans and bots. They're trying to fix any identity-based challenges that could happen from AI being so intelligent that it can impersonate humans, for example. And the way that they're doing that is authenticating each person through their biometrics. And once they do that, that's when they say that a human will have a unique personhood, which is essentially the world ID that will be given to them through Worldcoin. Worldcoin has launched, and that includes World ID a privacy-preserving digital identity that allows you to prove you are a real and unique human in the age of AI. World ID allows you to identify between humans and AI online, as well as sign in with different partners while keeping your identity private. To sign up, just find the nearest orb right on the app. So in the cryptocurrency systems that we've got now, if they were sort of overtaken with bots you know, you might be accidentally sending money to a to a bot rather than a real person. Yeah. Or, you know, if an AI is pretending to be a real person, you might be tricked into sending cryptocurrency to them. And is the idea that not only you're proving that you're a human, but also you're a human who can't keep coming back and getting more and more of these identities and getting more and more of the world coin. Exactly, exactly. That's another, I mean, I I think that's one of the reasons why they picked your iris because that's difficult to replicate. It's kind of like your fingerprint. It's unique for each person. When I went to go get verified, the staff were also wearing shirts that said a unique human. (laughs) There was this real feeling that you're, you know, going in and, you know, having to, you know, prove that you are a living, breathing human. And I mean, the whole time that I was there, I was kind of thinking like, surely they could have done this with a wide angled camera. And, you know, it feels like the orb is just it's quite gimmicky. It's just supposed to be there to, to get your attention. But isn't there also an element of privacy to this, as you often get with cryptocurrencies, where you don't have to say publicly who you are, but you would be able to confirm that you do exist? Yeah, as soon as you sign up, you get a world ID. So it says you are now verified, you know, and you don't have to put in any other details. They don't need your name. You could put a nickname on the app if you want. I didn't need my name, my passport, my email or any other identification. They just kind of scan your iris. Okay, so that's the way it's supposed to work. But I have seen reports that some orbs have thermal scanners to measure your body temperature, as well as 3D cameras to take images of your face and your body, and that 
In some places, operators were asking for things like email addresses and phone numbers or even national identification documents, although WorldCoin has said that they would never request this information from users. But even if they just have your iris code and you regretted your decision and changed your mind about the whole thing, are you able to get that data deleted? No. So you can't delete your iris from their system. You know, they keep that piece of data. You can delete the image that they take when they're doing your scan. You can also delete the app, as I did, but they keep your iris. More specifically, they keep your iris code, which they generate from your scan and your your world ID. So they turn this picture into some kind of data that then they can store a string of numbers, say. Exactly. So an iris code, which would be your unique code, your world ID that you can then use in this global financial network that they're trying to create. And the founders of Tools for Humanity, as you might guess from the name, have some pretty lofty hopes for where it could go. So what's their kind of ultimate goal for what they want to achieve? When they first launched, they were a crypto startup. And then, you know, obviously it's been a really hard time for cryptocurrency. Um, With the fall of Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the crypto exchange FTX, who once invested in WorldCoin. And now that AI is like this huge thing, they're sort of riding that wave. And now it's, you know, the the goal is to create this, this global financial system. And there is confusion on what is that going to be used for exactly? Like, what's the system for? Is it for finances? Is it for accessibility for people who, you know, can't sign up to, to banks? Or, you know, is it for voting? And so I think right now, although they say their main aim is creating this network, that's their priority, I can definitely see this going beyond that if it is successful. Yes, because I've seen in some articles that Sam Altman has been quoted talking about creating a more equal global financial system and even also things like universal basic income because he has this belief that one of the potential consequences of AI is that we're all going to be out of our jobs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they want to be able to to kind of lead the charge on AI-funded universal basic income through doing this. So those are quite big ambitions for humanity. But there is this question of who we're trusting with our data and whether we can trust an innately capitalistic venture to, to come through with these socialist, I guess, ideas. What do you really make of it? I think at the heart of WorldCoin is a a huge ethical dilemma that can be quite personal. I mean, for some people, they're okay with giving their information up and, you know, they see this as just, this is where the future is headed. But for others, I think, you know, it's it's important to remember here that this is a privately owned company. And even though the WorldCoin Foundation and Tools for Humanity say that they're never going to share any of the personal data, including biometric data, with anyone who's working outside of the WorldCoin project, we don't know exactly what the future holds for the company. We also know that if they are hacked, for example, or there are like malicious actors, that your data can be vulnerable and probably the most personal data that you own. So even though they might not do anything wrong with your data, it is a huge trade-off. So yeah, I think ultimately it's a personal decision, but I think it's something that needs regulation and that needs people to 
understand exactly what they're signing up for. Now, one of the questions that I had about this global financial network was whether experts really think it can solve the problems that it says that it can. You know, the fact that if it could be hacked or people could potentially get round its systems to create multiple identities, does it really solve anything at all? I think that in order to feel like this is going to solve something, you first need to be under the impression that bots replacing humans is a real issue, a real active issue. I'm not convinced. Even if you are under the impression that this is a a real issue and that you need to save crypto from the bots, I don't think that it merits millions of people giving away their biometric data to trade Wildcoin. I think the, the privacy and data risks are much more concerning than needing to create a global financial network. And in response to concerns about biometric data collection, Tools for Humanity have compared this moment to the advent of the iPhone face scanner, which a lot of people now just accept without question because it makes life easier. So is there really any difference to this, do you think? I think the thing with iPhone scanners, you know where it's going. You know what it's being used for and it's right in front of you. So I think people feel less of a threat or less of a risk when they, you know, uh, sign up for Face ID or they have their fingerprint. But with WorldCoin, you're essentially giving your iris to solve a problem that loads of people didn't even think was a problem to begin with. Now, rightly so, I think, not just because there's this kind of dystopian chrome orb going around scanning irises. But there has been a lot of scepticism around WorldCoin and particularly the way that they've been rolling this out and where they've been rolling it out. So tell me about some of the controversies of how WorldCoin has started up. So to start with, there have been a ton of technical issues. So there were reports that some orbs didn't work on certain people's eyes. There has been a hack where basically the passwords of WorldCoin orb operators were stolen, which gave them access to the WorldCoin operator dashboard. Um, And there are reports that it ended up in the dark web. Ironic, because this is meant to be protecting you from identity fraud. They apparently didn't use two-factor authentication, (laughs) which you would think that they would, you know, do that, you know, considering that they have the biometric data of millions of people. MIT Technology also found that WorldCoin used deceptive practices to sign people up from countries like Indonesia, Kenya and Chile, where there are reports that people didn't even understand what they're signing up for or what they're doing this trade-off for. There are reports that in Sudan, for example, they were giving people AirPods and not explicitly explaining to them where their iris was going or what what it was being used for. The fact that it's being rolled out in these poorer countries where it's pretty unlikely that they would have strict privacy and data laws in the same way that maybe the UK or the US or Europe would do, I think is pretty insidious. You know, you see videos of queues and queues of people in, in some of these countries who are waiting to get that iris scan. Why aren't those same queues happening in London or New York or wherever? You know, and I think it's it's pretty suspicious. 
When WorldCoin launched their activities in Kenya, the response seemed incomprehensible. Long queues formed day after day at registration points as thousands waited to have their irises scanned, a way to authenticate their identity and enable them to use the digital currency. The tech company was offering free digital tokens to everyone who registered, and those tokens could then quickly be exchanged for $49 at a black market right outside the registration point. So the Kenyan government are the first country to ban WorldCoin, and what they're worried about is whether the data that's being collected is being safely protected, and also they're concerned about how it is being used. In a statement, WorldCoin said it remains committed to providing an inclusive, privacy-preserving, decentralised on-ramp to the global digital economy and looks forward to resuming its services in Kenya while working closely with local regulators and other stakeholders. And it's not just Kenya that's taking notice of what WorldCoin are doing. Here in the UK, the Information Commissioner's Office have also been looking into this. So do we know anything about that investigation? So the ICO are looking into WorldCoin and the way that they're collecting biometric data, but more specifically, it's because they class biometric data as something that could be very high risk. And so they want to ensure that there is a lawful basis when it comes to processing this data. And so the ICO is going to be looking into this more. My understanding is that they're probably going to need some time to investigate all of this. And so at the moment, we don't know the full scope of their investigation, just that they are looking into this. So Kenya have stopped WorldCoin in the country. The UK is looking into things. France and Germany are coordinating investigations after France's privacy authority questioned the legality of the biometric data collection practices. Are we once again playing catch up with a tech company that, you know, comes charging in, does what it wants, and then governments kind of have to pick up the pieces and try and play catch up? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably the most important thing about this WorldCoin situation is the fact that I think governments have shown that tech companies will always be faster than them. And even though there's like this huge fear and panic about AI moving so quickly, I think what we should be a little bit more afraid of is how slow the governments can be in regulating this. You know, the UK and Germany and France and, and all the countries who have kind of uh, shown concern, you know, they've shown concern after millions of people already signed up. And so I think that they need to be assessing these situations well before it becomes a problem. And if it isn't being regulated as fast or as robustly as we need it to be, we can expect risks and we can expect loads of people being left vulnerable or being taken advantage of. So I think when we're talking about the rapid growth and, and speed in which AI is developing, I think that goes hand in hand at how slow the government usually is in regulating it. Well, it's been fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Madeline. <laughs> Thanks again to Hibak Farah. You can find a link to her reporting of this story on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. And that's all from me. This episode was produced by me, Madeline Finley and Eli Block. The sound design was by Joel Cox and the executive producers were Ellie Bury and Danielle Stevens. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Tired? 
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 